a few words on uh, practice this morning. Um, on a classic uh, retreat in this tradition, every day we uh, open up to a new aspect, a new field of the of the human experience. So we talked about the senses and the body and the pleasantness and unpleasantness. And you're like, oh yeah, I know that. But it's good to go through it because then you'll bring this to your daily life also if you want to continue in, in this tradition. Uh, being aware of the feeling tones and the mind states and emotions. We've talked about this, how to be with the difficult ones, how to resource oneself, to nourish oneself when we're uh, with a difficult emotion, how to uh, you know, learn, how to f- uh, find uh, some support uh, in the practice, but also beautiful mind states, how to feel them, how to uh, get acquainted, uh, intimate with the beautiful mind states or qualities of mind that we're developing here. And so today, this morning, I'd like to talk a little bit about thoughts, thinking process, because it might have happened to you in the last few days (laughs) that this was an aspect of your reality, that there was uh, words being said or heard or imagery, still images or moving images, vague or uh, clear or, you know, so uh, impressions from the past, the future, and so how these can be also included in the meditation and how we go about this in the mindfulness. Um, yeah, so uh, one teacher uh, said, uh, I, I liked hearing this, I was sitting on a retreat and, and the teacher said, you know, the mouth produces saliva. The mind produces thoughts. What's the big deal? <laughs> And I like that, uh, making it very, uh, like, in perspective, you know, like, yeah, saliva is produced by the mouth, we don't freak out about it, you know, and uh, sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less, and uh, and the mind uh, produces ideas. In, the, our, in our cultures, dominant culture, for sure, uh, thought... The thinking process is very, very, very highly valued, uh, and so much so that we live in it a lot of the time. Uh, I, th- I think Natalie Goldberg says, I come back with this one ev- all the time because I think it's so real. She says, uh, if your problem seems more real than the fact that you're sitting, you have a problem. And that's probably why you signed up for a meditation retreat, you know. And it, to me, it feels so. Uh, it de- describes the experience when you're sitting, and okay, I'm aware of sitting. I'm aware of breathing. But you, but next week, you know, this is coming next week. You know, this is a thought, and it seems so more real than the fact that I'm sitting, and so much more important and valuable, you know. So there's something, and might, you might be hearing this and thinking, yeah, absolutely, it is more important. You know, <laughs> so that would be a sign there. That that would be not a sign of maybe of uh, truth or reality, but a sign of uh, something being unbalanced. <laughs> and so here we come back to this, and it's actually hard for many of us. Like, oh, why be here? I'm so fascinated and upset by the past and the future. Why be here? You know. 
I don't want to, you know, it's so much more important and fascinating and engrossing and, and I'm enamored and vortexy like, you know, I'm s- captured by that and all the energy is going towards that, you know. And uh, yeah, while there is life happening, unattended to, a body that is most of the time, uh, you know, in not habited, in not, not in, in that. Huh? Not un un in un in un in negative. And um, yeah, and the mind that is running wild, you know, in the, the thinking process that is uh, it's uh, so the exercise sometimes is painful because it's as if you were going to the movies and you were asked, okay, so there's going to be a one hour and a half movie. It's the Titanic. It's kind of dramatic. <laughs> you know, white people coming to America and freaking out about their <laughs> whatever's happening to them. And so, uh, so you're going to see this movie and please be aware the whole time that it's actually light shown on a screen, that there's actually nothing happening. There's no Titanic. You know, there's no love romance happening. It's just light on the screen, and, and so you, you like. Would you pay to do that? You'd say no. I, I don't. I want to be in the. I want to be in the drama. Okay, so that's one choice in life. <laughs> you can be in it. So here we soak in it a, a bit, and we discover that it's actually painful. Also, that's that's the one part of it. No. Like yeah, I want to be in the drama, but also I get caught in it, and I'm enslaved by it. Or I'm, in, I'm. Uh, do you see this? Mm-hmm. And you might be reactive as you hear me say this. Like my God, that's harsh. That's a harsh presentation of the world. But that's at least is a little bit what is happening, you know. And so we're like, yeah, but next week, next week, the Titanic will, you know. And here we're saying like, so what's happening really? Mindfulness is present time uh, 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 attention, presence, knowing. Uh, one way it's described is seeing reality as it is. So what is actually happening, really is happening, is there's the production of imagery. And so gaining sanity here is to recognize what is really happening. What is really happening is that there's a production of imagery it's three-dimensional. It's not just on the screen. It comes with, uh, like, heartbeat and activation of all kinds, and this, the whole system is activated. But the more we recognize that there's imagery happening, the more we can free ourselves from it. And you might decide, actually, no, I want to be cap- caught. I want, I, I want, you know, that passion of being caught in my thoughts, you know, I, I like to desire things. And, okay, so please enjoy. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah, you can actually totally enjoy it. I mean, nobody's coming in your mind in a half hour of sitting or in the walking. You can totally be in your fantasies, drama. Yeah. And another way that we're exploring... Uh, I was saying to uh, I, I I was saying to uh, Anais earlier. I was saying, wow, that I've, I've I've been teaching for ten years now. This actually this month has been ten years of teaching, twenty years of practice in this tradition. Uh, and uh, I was saying to uh, 
Anais, so I, you're, you'll be in on it, is this is the more, more kind of um, kind of sharp I've ever been, like, this is how it is, this is how we hold a retreat, and this is what's happening in the, like, the way I'm talking now, I'm hearing myself. I said, this, this is the furthest that I've gone, because usu- usually the way I've observed myself, so I'm, so maybe not quite objective, but usually I'm a lot more loving, and the love aspect is at the foreground, and now there's, there's something else. I'm, so I'm curious about it, I'm mindful of it, I'm like, wow, you're really like... And uh, I still think it's within the uh, okay, you know, that it's uh, it's still friendly, and I hope that you'll be able to tell me, maybe your experience, like, wow, this guy is, like, <laughs> violent. I don't think I am, but uh, I, I'm like, wow, I'm interested. I'm, I'm going to check this out this winter, because I have many retreats coming, you know, like, like, what is this trend? Where is this going? And I, I, I want to... Um, my goal is to support the awakening and liberation of the heart, so I have to be really attentive. So, and it's good; it's it's changing a bit. So, I'm, so apparently, I'm trying something else a little bit here. So, I, I do hope it works, and you'll be able to leave a note on this if you want <laughs> at the end and say this was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I'm uh, I'm considering all this. And, uh, and I know the power of uh, being very kind, and I know also there's a power about being clear about, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the, 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 the what is the, called the, the sabre de la compassion, the, the sword of compassion, you know. And I've, I, I've been exposed to things that are, this is nothing <laughs> compared <laughs> to what I've been exposed to. You know, I've had many teachers who have said, look, honey, you have pebbles in your throat, you know, I'm going to reach in and remove the pebbles, you know, and this is my job, you know, or the house is on fire while you're playing with the, the, the dolls, you know, I'm going to get you out of the house, you know, this is my job, this is my compassion. It's not to make it uh, soft on you. So maybe like I'm uh, being revisited by uh, the way I've been taught and, uh, and by some of my uh, very compassionate teachers, they really have help me and, and many others open their eyes on what's happening. So, back to uh, dealing with uh, thoughts, including thoughts. So, thoughts often are seen in the context of meditation as an obstacle. I shouldn't be thinking. I should be with the breath. I should be with sound. I shouldn't be thinking. It's not like this. Sound can totally be included in meditation, but it's not easy to do because our habitual relationship to thought, I think, Check it out for yourself. It's valid for everything that is said here. You're invited to be intelligent, have a critical mind, take what you want, leave what you don't want. It's good to actually try it. Yeah. Um, so our habitual way to be with thought is we're engrossed, entranced. I've used that language a lot already this uh, week. So we get fascinated, captured, fused, fusion. We, we become the thought. We are born in the past. We are born in the future. And here we're saying, can we be awake, be here, and notice the process? So it's a little bit more about the process of thinking than the content of the thoughts. So the process of thinking is, ah, did I leave the lights on my car? Oh my God, did I leave the lights on my car? The process is, wow, arising of a thought, arising of a stressful thought, Arising of a useful thought, you know, but arising of a thought, I'm aware that thinking is happening. 
So it's a little bit different because usually we're not aware that we're thinking. Often a meditator will describe this. I, I was gone for 10 minutes and then I woke up, you know. I, so I was entranced. I was uh, under the spell and enchanted, you know. And so here we try to be aware of it. And it's actually very possible, especially when there's this turning of the ball, your experience of thought might be very different because suddenly there's thinking and it's not at all an obstacle. It's exactly as if there was a sound. It doesn't have to be an obstacle. It can be completely included. Ah, here's a cracking noise or is a, you know, the, the room of a car, you know, and it's not like, oh my God, my meditation is destroyed, you know. You, you hear a car, it's welcomed in. In the same way, there could be a thought, you know, that comes in, like many of us have a narrator that is often operative, not all the time, but will describe what is happening, either to ourselves, for some reason, like we <laughs> <to be> described, <laughs> or to somebody else, you know, some kind of audience, you know, or, or the teacher, or something like that. So. So, and so one can notice that, oh, this, the narrator is there explaining, or the coach is there coaching. You should do this, not do that. You know? And one can become aware of this. This is happening. And it doesn't have to be a problem. It can be included. It can, so one could say, oh, the coach, coach is here coaching. And listen to the coach. It's interesting. It has a lot of good ideas. Uh, depending on the coach you have inside... <laughs> It might be using the coaching to prove you're wrong or to like insinuate that you're doing everything a little off, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Why, why are you doing this? Why? That, that's not it, <laughs> you know. And so this is in terms of uh, words they are being said or heard. And so you can become interested in that. Uh, the Buddha, in, in this spectrum of uh, phenomena that I'm describing, you know, the... Uh, posture, activities of the body, uh, sensations, heat, cold, etc., mind states, thoughts. These are all different events that we want to know more clearly, sharply, uh, uh, more defined, you know, uh, instead of being caught by displeasure, to know, oh, this is unpleasant now. Instead of being caught by impatience, oh, this is an experience of impatience. Instead of even being, and we might see this later, being caught with uh, consciousness. I am seeing, oh, there's the consciousness of seeing. It's not personal. Instead of being caught, we become aware of it in a more defined way. Um, I was going somewhere with this. Um, so anyway, aware of the process. Oh yeah, so all these different, sorry, this is, minds are like this, they're faulty. <laughs> At least mine is, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, so there's this dif the different aspect, different phenomena in life that we, we just sit here and notice. The constants in the Buddha's teaching around all these is that with, for every one of them, be it uh, hearing, be it sensing, thinking, emoting, if I call it like this, having an emotion, the instruction is always the same. That's, very, that's pointing to something extremely important, mm -hmm. central in the practice and in the Buddhist uh, thinking. Uh, he always is saying, with heat, let's say, 
the experience of heat or hardness, notice the arising of heat, notice its disappearance. Notice the presence of heat, notice its absence. Emotions. Notice the arising of fear, notice the subsiding of fear. Notice the presence of fear, notice the absence of fear. What is he talking about? He's talking about the dynamic nature of reality. This is what he wants us to see. He's not saying, what's in your thought? Why do you think that? He's not saying this. Notice the arising of thought. Notice the disappearance of a thought. Notice the presence of a thought. Notice its absence. Because that's where the freedom lies. In a deep, uh, not in te- intellectual, but in a deep vipassana, insight, in a deep penetrative, uh, intimate encounter with appearances and disappearances. And so with thoughts, it's the same thing. Can I be aware that a thought is starting in the mind? Can I be aware that it's gone? When it's gone, can I be aware that it's not there anymore? And so some thoughts are things said, but some thoughts we could describe more, more as perceptions, impressions. Like, notice, Pascal, that uh, you are worthless. The experience, the thought, as an impression, as a perception of being worthless. Notice it's spread, oh my God, I feel so worthless, let's see. When dropping my lettuce <laughs> in, the, in the food line, suddenly there's a, I can feel, suddenly, whoa, the rush of shame, of something like this, you know, stupid, uh, inadequate uh, rush of that, that strong impression. Notice the arising of this. And then notice, maybe a few minutes later, an hour later, whatever, notice, ah, that has subsided, it's not so strong anymore. And at some point, there'll be a Pascal sitting here with a lot of caring, a kind of like, oh, I don't know, some some benevolence in the mind, some loving uh, aspect, oh, Notice, notice the presence of this. And then when there's harshness, ah, notice the tone in there, the absence of benevolence. That is really interesting. Because first we're going to be touched by the ephemerality. And so that's very liberating. So it means that when I feel ashamed, it might not describe me as an uh, unworthy person absolutely. It might just be a mirage, an impression. And it might be caused by something that can be attended to. It's not to say like it doesn't count. You know, it might say, oh, something was said that was not appropriate, so of course shame comes, you know. It's indicating something. But it's not to define a certain self. It's just... Or it's a pattern that comes easily and it's absolutely not relevant to a situation. It's just a pattern that is latent and lurking, waiting for an opportunity to attach itself, you know. It'll grab anything to suddenly arise, you know. You're it, or you're less than everything else, or some, some, some kind of something like this, you know. And so notice these, very liberating to, uh, to notice uh, these, because the ephemerality makes 
it's kind of poking holes in beliefs we have. I'm like this, this is describing me. It's, no, it's a presently arisen thing and it's going to vanish in a few seconds. You know? So it doesn't actually describe reality. It's a mirage, an illusion. Um, the other thing is by noticing the presence and absence is that I'll be impressed by the wholesome nature of some mind states or qualities of mind and the unwholesome and unhelpful, if you prefer, unbeneficial nature. So it's good that I, I am I'm, uh, aware of the presence and absence of benevolence. So I'm impressed by its activity when it's present. Do you see what I mean? When it's not available, it's really good that I notice it. Because how? How is it without that fluid? Things are a little harder. They're a little, it's a little bit more shocking, more hard to live. And oh, when it's present, oh, it's things. It's easier to be in mind states, in relationship, in community. And you know, I notice when it's present. When it's absent, uh, absent. Oh, it's a little harder to be in community. It's a little harder to be in oneself. It's a little bit harder to be in relationship. You know, when it's absent. And so both are extremely uh, interesting to notice, presence, absence. Um, and so uh, this is the instructions overall, presence, absence, arising, falling. We can do this with thoughts. The arising of a thought, the subsiding of a thought, and, and the presence of what, what's, when there's this kind of thought, what happens to it. What we're going to find out is that thoughts, probably, what we might find out, is that thoughts are actually extremely light, ephemeral. Although unlooked at, they, many of them seem very heavy, sticky, real, solid, describing reality. And the more we pay attention to them, the more they seem like ephemeral arising angles on life points of view, not reality exactly, but points of view following one another, a lot of them depending on moods, you know, and feeding moods. And so we're getting out of the being identified, fused, uh, perceiving them as reality, but as, but as more like, uh, yeah, ephemeral uh, perceptions. So we could maybe uh, play with this a little bit for the few minutes, minutes of the sit. Just take this as an object of meditation. And then you'll be able to decide if that's something you want to explore more today, systematically, or uh, when they will arise at some point, naturally it will be in your field of interest, and you'll be able to do that. Or if you have, this is not where you want to be, you want to be in the heart, you want to be in the hands or in the belly, this is more... Uh, or in, with nature, with the senses, you know, that you want to be held in this way, you, you'll, then you have to use discernment and see, oh, that's interesting for me today. Oh, actually, it seems like there's good stuff, but my head is already full of stuff. I'm going somewhere else, you know. Do you have a question? Yeah, I was just wondering when you were saying noticing the arising or the disappearance, are you noticing body sensations or thoughts? 
Yeah. So in terms of thoughts, it would be thoughts. It would be, you know, first, is it something that is said? Is it in words, you know? What are the inner senses? If you think of the senses, like ear, sight, but inwardly, this, this is a generation of the mind, you know? Or, uh, so it's not, you're not really hearing something or seeing something, you know? We're at, it's good to be clear about that. You know? <laughs> but inwardly, you would notice, is that something that's, that I'm saying or that a voice is saying or that, you know, my mom is saying or my old teacher is saying? You know. Yeah? It's not an evaluation of the thought. It's more an interpretation or a feeling associated to... It's an experiencing. experiencing. Yeah. You're already experiencing it. Now you're invited to experiencing it uh, with Uh, consciousness, being conscious of it instead of unconscious. Because we think a lot unconsciously. Now we're trying to become conscious mm-hmm. of it. So you'll see, we'll, we'll do a little exercise that might help you understand. When you were speaking of mood, the mood colors our thoughts. Hmm? So saying you wake up grumpy and it colors everything. So then do you let the thought arise and actually say, it's because I'm grumpy, and I'm letting the grumpy arise. And in other words, what I'm asking is, what do you look to, the thought or the grumpy underneath, the mood underneath? You could choose one or the other. It often depends on what's actually available, what's tangible. We don't want to dig too far in this practice. We're just available. And suddenly you feel the of grumpiness. There's no thought. It's just like, you know? <laughs> you know so you might feel that and at other times you might yeah and at that time you might notice the reaction to a noise and how it's thought of you know and so and it might be also just the unpleasantness of the mood or the pleasantness of it if it's like I'm grumpy and everybody's going to suffer about it you know and it's like that feels great you know <laughs> It's good to know that if it's happening, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so let's try this. So always the invitation is to uh, feel the body uh, sitting. Become aware of that. Allow the sensations to be what they are and to be known. And you'll notice probably a certain mood that is there, some, some qualities of the mind. There might be quietness or irritation or scatteredness, tenderness. You might feel spacious in the heart or might feel like your heart has sunk in some way. See if you can allow that to be like this. You might not you might feel nothing of what I'm saying, but there might be something. I'm just making little suggestions of things that do appear in human experience. You might feel uh, 
confidence, ease, or you might feel, I don't know, fragility or distrust. You might uh, see that your mind is busy already with uh, some sense of ending the retreat. Or you might uh, feel that uh, you're in the heart of something. And there might be nothing of that nature. It might be very neutral in there. Nothing standing out. if you can allow that to be like that. You might notice that it's uh, silent in there or that there's many things being said, things to say, maybe commenting or opinions or something upsetting the mind from the past or the f possible future. Or just space. Now, if you want, you could uh, be particularly interested in the rising of a thought, seeing if you can catch it from its birth, just as it's about, or as it's starting to say what it says, or if it's uh, something that is uh, said. Notice if you can catch the next one also. want you can count them, add them up. Notice what happens when we, you become aware of a thought. Does it vanish? Does it stay? What's in between thoughts? Or if there are no thoughts, what is the experience? 
Now we'll do uh, another exercise if you want to. You can join in. And we'll be thinking voluntarily just to see if the thoughts can be part of the meditation. So feeling the body sitting, breathing. If you want, you could think the following sentence. You might have done this exercise before, but it's like meditation. There's always something new to discover. We've never done this before, uh, now before. So you could think the following thought, I am, and put your full name in there. I am so-and-so, and I am sitting in meditation now. Just think that a few times. See if that can be allowed that can be included if you can be present here now knowing that thinking is happening maybe even knowing that sitting is happening or breathing is happening Feel if it feels real or unreal or strange or how how does it feel? Does it feel accurate? Then leave a little space in between the words of that sentence and say them Say the sentence a few times with little gaps and feel what's in there in the gaps. Now think this sentence again. We'll do this a few more times. I am so-and-so, and I'm sitting here in meditation, something like that. And drop the last part of the sentence. Keep just the first part with your full name. I am so-and-so. Drop the family name. How does that feel? Drop even the first name. Keep just the first two words of the sentence. 
drop the second uh, word, keep just the pronoun. Let go of that one too. Let's see what's going to unfold in the meditation naturally from now on in the silence.
what happens to thoughts when you're aware of them. Notice how sometimes the mind chases uh, after mental content. Or notice how sometimes it doesn't open space of mind. Notice how sometimes it's creating webs, or a web of its own making, and getting caught in it. If you notice this, just release this formation.
See what happens if you don't uh, invest a sense of uh, thoughts being yours or you. What happens to them? You might find that they get uh, pretty light. Although at first they appeared maybe serious or sticky or real. Allow thoughts to arise and pass in the field of consciousness if they do. See if you can allow for no thoughts if there are none. When the heart and mind is not visited by troubling emotions and states of mind and thoughts, it's naturally benevolent. Naturally clear, responsive and caring. That's what the teachings say. Okay, so how was that? Any discoveries that you made? Anyone wants to share? Yes? I found it easier to notice when they were disappearing. This came arising, and all of a sudden I was there in the middle of it. Yeah. I would notice it. The disappearance. 
Was it a natural disappearance or it was disappearance caused by uh, mindfulness? Both, huh? Uh-huh. I've, you've noticed that sometimes when the light, we can say, of awareness is strong, the depending on the charge of the thought, yeah. it might just collapse immediately on uh, recognition. And sometimes it wants to say something and it will finish <laughs> what it has to say. But then the disappearance, yeah. It, uh, it probably would require a few more days of uh, retreat uh, to gain access to the appearing, you know, a little bit of a more refined and sharp awareness, which develops over time with the help of concentration, of unifying the mind. You know. The more calm it gets, the more easy it, uh, the more it stands out when a thought uh, arises. Thank you. I noticed that um, most of the thoughts were, I was afraid of them because they came with a feeling. I thought the world was going to be a feeling. Yeah. Most of it was not fun. But I remember you saying at the beginning of the retreat, and it, it struck me so much this time that the idea is not that you should renounce, let's say, your opinion or your beautiful fantasy or whatever. It's that if you really feel it, you were saying Buddha felt that it didn't feel ultimately better. It actually didn't feel good. And that then came the renunciation. Yeah. At the beginning. And it was such an interesting thing. It's not like I have to give anything up. It's that I can feel it, the thought, the feeling, and I can feel how uncomfortable it actually could be. And that even though it's drawing me somehow, I also feel this is. <laughs> so it just it's very meaningful to me to see that the, the feeling that comes or the experience that comes with the thought and the quality of that. And yeah. It's helpful for me. Yeah. So letting go is not a volunt- uh, uh, based on will. Okay, I will let go now. This this is not the process. How the process right. work? You know? And like you said, enjoy it if you want to enjoy it and yeah. really enjoy it because yeah. you learn what you're enjoying or not really enjoying. Yeah. Michelle McDonald, uh, one of my teacher in this tradition, she uh, tells this story of uh, one day during a retreat. She had the idea: I'm going to walk in the village. And I'm going to go buy chocolate for everybody because I love everyone. (laughs) And she said she walked in the village. She got the chocolate. And she said when she came back, she said, I opened the door and then I realized that I was actually going to eat all the chocolates. (laughs) (laughs) That it was not for others, it was for me. And she said, I thought, okay, I've seen that pattern. I'm actually going to do it again, but I'm going to do it with full presence. Mm. She said, I went to the room, I ate all chocolates, <laughs> with the delight, with the shame, with the, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever it came, the fullness of the belly, the... Yeah, she said, I was there for the whole thing, and something changed, you know. Compassion could arise, clarity could arise, instead of compulsion, self-hatred, you know, everything... Um, so, so if you're going to do it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here, it's the letting go happens with clear seeing. That's the kind of the formula. Mm-hmm. Clear seeing will produce letting go of what is not useful. Mm-hmm. Clear seeing will produce uh, valuing what is uh, beneficial. So that's what we're practicing: clear seeing. Thank you.
I noticed a great deal of heat when I had those moments of clarity. And what happened eventually to the heat? Yeah, yeah, great, good, it's good, really good, very good. How did the clarity feel? What was the, apart from the heat, what was the inner experience? Just oh. Oh? Yeah. Some kind of awe? No. No? What is the O? Can you put a little word? Sometimes it's good to uh, try to put words in something that seems like hard to describe. Just try it. Simple. So no judgment, no reactivity, simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was that uh, was it, was there a component, maybe a little bit of something in the realm of joy or not? Was there something in the realm of joy or or not? No. But equanimity, I'm hearing, like yeah, peaceful. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. care of what's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the, the way reality is described a bit in the Buddhism is that uh, if you go to see a magic show, you know, and there's two of you, you go with your friend, and uh, on the way out of the magic show, the friend says, oh my God, I was amazing, this, you know, the rabbit coming out of the thing, and that was so amazing, and the cutting of this person in two and then they were back together <laughs> you know it was so real I enjoyed it so much you know and you happened to be in an angle where you actually could see <laughs> some of the trick you know both were real both were a real experience but uh, maybe it's good to actually know about both you know to not be to to you know especially if one is liberating you know if one version is helpful for you you know to, to know that yeah, it's not actually real, actually really happening, but it's actually disturbing. So I need to take care of the disturbance here now, you know, in this heart. Or it's actually uh, bringing tenderness in the heart. 
So that's that's there. It's really happening. And is that actually real? Was there really this whatever you saw, you know, in the imagery? And that's where I'm stuck a little. <laughs> yeah. So here the text. It is real. Yeah. <laughs> so here. Really yeah. Yeah. So here we kind of learn to actually dance in all the different worlds, the different angles of reality, and not right. take any as a definite, absolute real, right. you know? That's the, yeah. that's the language. And, yeah, so, yeah, it's relatively real, you know, mm-hmm. from the standpoint where you were at that time, it felt like this, and now it feels different, maybe. Or, you know? mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, we'll get into this maybe later, but... Uh, could think uh, of the me and I, you know, that's something we've already been questioning a little bit, the me and I, you know, like mine, for example. Like, uh, I have a bike, a bicycle in Montreal. It's really mine, really, it's mine, yeah. (laughs) But if I go back home and somebody took it, it meant maybe that it was not absolutely mine, you know, that I could not own completely something that maybe two is real. Do you see what I mean? Yes. It's really mine, because we have agreed that it's mine. You know? So yeah, and so if I'm stuck in one, I'll be, in, I'll be totally frustrated with reality, you know, like, it was mine, why did they take it? It was mine, it was mine, it was mine. Well, this practice here is saying, it was yours, and you, it's hard to lose something that is yours, but it also it was not yours, because you cannot own metal, Metal is of the public domain. You know, it's of nature. It cannot be owned. Nor can you own your elf. I lost my elf, my elf. Well, it was not exactly yours. It was yours, and it is yours, but it's also not yours. You know, and that's the liberation. Do you feel the liberation in this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the... It's the relative reality. Yeah. What is now is... Yeah. Even if both can exist at the same time. Yeah. I know, it's very yeah, yeah. So I think in this uh, in this practice it's not dismissing the relative yeah. reality, it's saying actually let's take care of this heart that is shaken or let's uh, enjoy, rejoice, feel gratitude for this heart that is uh, you know, rejoicing for something uh, happening in the world, you know. And also and also, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the, the fact that the thought occurred is real, but the content of the thought is maybe, you know, a perception. Yeah. And perceptions, like everything else, are shifting. They're alive, dynamic. And it uh, creates our reality. Yeah. Yeah, what is real is to know that there was a thinking process happening. Many of us don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, I'll finish with this, but it's a very small little thing, very ordinary, common day occurrences, but I was sitting in meditation and uh, I heard a car move out in a place where I had been spending months in retreat and I knew... Uh, I've seen a lot of the patterns, you know. So there was a guy working on maintenance, Brian, nice guy, good good man. And I heard the car 
move and the kind of impression thought I had is oh Brian is going somewhere and uh, and then I opened my eyes and Brian walked right in front of me and I remember I had a little shock you know like a little like oh and and then I realized wow I had really taken this to be true I had not been aware that this was a thought I had taken this as a description of reality this is an insignificant thing but it means a lot about how we live you know especially that many of us feel fragmented separated from the world you know we feel like I'm on one side the world is on the other maybe Brian went to town with the car maybe he did not maybe I'm separated maybe I'm not you know but it certainly appears like that Okay, so uh, time for uh, walking, and uh, one group as a meeting. Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.